Hello, friends and insurepreneurs. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and today, delighted simply to be your podcast host for the Connected Insurance Podcast, brought to you by Agency Revolution, the creators of Fuse, the innovative software that deepens, lengthens, strengthens your relationships with your customers and your marketplace. If you haven't seen a demo lately, do yourself a favor. I think it'll blow your mind. Uh, I know that when I go back to visit the new features and the um, ease of use, it blows mind. So if you haven't done it, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo. Now, first of all, an apology from me. Uh, I've been somewhat absent in your life in the podcast world, at least in terms of recent episodes. As of now, that changes. I will be publishing a series of very important, what I think will be game-changing conversations, most of them with some of the most successful fast-growth agencies in the industry. Uh, Many of them, dear friends of mine, longtime clients of mine. So please uh, look forward to conversations that you simply don't want to miss, including today's with my longtime client and my dear friend, Mike Matheson, owner of what is arguably the fastest growing family owned agency in the country. He started with a scratch agency of $1.5 million in premium. And now today, after year after year after year of 30% or more annual growth, he's sitting on $110 million or more in premium. This is a story you don't want to miss regardless of your niche. Um, That being said, one very quick announcement. I'm hosting a series of small group I call ZERT, Zoom Executive Roundtables, in which we discuss what's working in organic growth, what's working in valuation, um, uh, acceleration, and and generating maximum valuation for uh, agencies of all sizes. So if that's of interest to you, reach out to me uh, by email at michael at michaeljans.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I will get you a link to an upcoming ZERT or Zoom Executive Roundtable. On the other hand, if you'd rather have a one-on-one conversation with me in which um, we uh, analyze what's working and what's not working in your industry, and I provide with you uh, to you a step-by-step plan on how you can achieve 30% growth in your agency, reach out to me. I'll schedule a new revenue conference with you. Again, email michael at michaeljans.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And now without further ado, it is my great privilege to introduce you to this conversation with Mike Matheson. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, and uh, I'm thrilled to have a dear friend and a long time, I would say, 20-year client and member of our mastermind group with us today, Mr. Mike Matheson. For those of you who are here, you probably already know a little bit about Mike's story because that's probably why you're here. And so uh, we will dive into the format is it's my job to suck out the uh, those juicy plums from Mike's brain 
and and identify those points of leverage that has allowed him to, you know, I think deliver one of the great success stories in the American independent insurance agency system in the last 20 years. And to look for ways that uh, where we can find practicable uh, lessons, applicable uh, strategies or techniques that would be of value to every single listener. And then when I'm done, as I said earlier, when I'm done, I'll open it up for Q&A. So I won't belabor the uh, bio any longer than we have to. I'm going to start out by saying, hello, Mike Matheson. How are you? Michael Jans, doing great today. Thanks so much for having me on today. I know we have done this a couple of times in the past. And, you know, whether this is the last one or not, I don't know. Let's have some fun doing it. All right. So you're at a point in your career where you can look back and see, um, you know, a pretty terrific transition. So let's talk about what it is that Mike Matheson started with and how you even got into the independent agency system. And then, like I said, I've, I've got some pointed questions for you. I, I know some of the things that I want you to share, but no doubt you've got some other things as well. So how did this story start, Mike? I was a very good captive agent. I, I, I did really well, learned a lot uh, in the captive uh, market, in the captive space, learned a whole lot. Uh, but knew early on that I wanted to go independent. Uh, so late 1996, I purchased a very small agency. Didn't really know what I was purchasing, but yeah, I purchased a non-standard book of business. Didn't even know what non-standard really was at the time. I mean, but it had contracts. It had good contracts. It had a, an allied contract um, and a couple other really good contracts. And that's what got my start right there, that be, being able to write good business. Do you mind sharing roughly how big that book of business was that you purchased? Yeah, it was probably about a million and a half in premium. Okay, got it. So yeah. uh, we started at less than two. So just to put this into perspective, by the end of this year, where do you predict agency income revenue will be or premium? Uh, revenue will be about 15 million. We're about 110 million. And by the end of the year, we'll be 110 million in premium. So and, maybe 15, 16 million in, in revenue, give or take. Got it. Okay. And so from those humble origins, I suspect that you have of that $110 million, there's very, very little. So our market is the mass affluent, you know, people who actually can pay their premiums. That's, that's really important in our business. Yeah. The, 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 well, the mass affluent is our market. You know, people that own a home probably have a couple of cars, maybe a boat, motorcycle, and they want an umbrella policy. If not, we, we, we talk, talk to them about the value of the umbrella policy. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, we we do have some non-standard, but it's very small. We don't really have any barriers that that write non-standard. So that, right. that's part of the strategy, right? We, well, I wanted we to raise. That. I wanted to raise that because it's sometimes number one. Sometimes people think personal lines, you know, is not nicheable, but you've really clearly defined it. And number two, your intentional decision to go up market as opposed to down market has been a, a driver of your success. So, yes, that's, yeah. So we don't really specialize in high value. We really don't. I mean, we can right. write them, but we're not very good at it. Um, and we're mm -hmm. definitely not writing non-standard. You know, we really don't write that. We're not good at it. We'd rather mm -hmm. pass on that. We like that middle to upper middle type of business. That's our niche. And that's where we stay. And it's not for everybody. It really isn't. And I've learned that over the years that it's not for everybody, but it really works for us. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, going back to those early days where you made that transition from captive to independent with a 1.5 premium book of business, I'm I'm curious because you know I I don't know that you got like traction immediately. What happened? You know, was there a little bit of an interim period where you were trying to figure out like where do I go and and like you know to figure out what your strategic direction was? Yeah. So. That, that's great. That's really great because exactly what happened was um, when I came from the captive, I wrote commercial, I wrote health insurance, I wrote a lot of life insurance, and I wrote some some uh, middle of the road personal lines auto and home insurance. And then one day after about a year, year and a half of in the independent side, a light bulb went off and I said to myself, why am I writing all these other things? I don't like writing commercial insurance. Why don't I just write personalized insurance, auto, mm -hmm. home, umbrella, and toys? So from that day forward, the business just skyrocketed. It really did. Once I focused on that one thing is, is really what, what catapulted the agency. And uh, so what were some of the early things that you deployed to get traction at the very beginning? Yeah. You know, first of all, I, I hired a couple of good people to help me out. And that was a struggle hiring the good people because yeah. I went through a couple of people to get the good ones. So honestly, you, you got to have good people along the way. You really do. And I still have great people, but I think knows that you've got to track your numbers. You got to know where you are and where you're going. You got to know the basic metrics of your business. You've got to know close ratio. You got to know average household premium. You, you, you got to know what your goals are for the month, for the year, as far as premium goes. So just basic metrics that you need to track. And, and I, I still have, I used to write them down in book binders. So I still have all those things from 25 years ago, 30 years ago when I was been doing this. So I still have all that stuff. Now, of course, we keep them on spreadsheets, but, right. but yeah, okay. those are some of the things that, that, that happen. Okay. I'm, I'm going to zero right in on that one. Okay. Cause yeah. I, I recall. Oh, this was uh, at a mastermind meeting 10 years ago where, you know, having worked with thousands of agencies over the years, I find it so unusual that an agency principal really knows their numbers. Okay. And I'll give them a little bit of sympathy, but like not overdo it there. Okay. Because the agency management systems are typically policy management systems, not business management systems. So it's often difficult to like say, hey, what are my numbers and push a button and see what they are, right? And yeah. so, you know, there, there are a few numbers that, you know, like are really critical from a marketer's point of view, like how many leads did we get last month? What's our closing ratio last month? What's our policy per customer count or our revenue per customer? And what's our rolling 12-month retention? Like those four sort of basic questions are, uh, they're not even really terribly sophisticated. You know, they don't get to the level of what's our cost per lead or what's the closing ratio on leads that are generated from this marketing event. That Those are sort of master level analytics. The snapshot analytics, how many leads, what's our closing ratio, what's our policy per customer count and revenue per customer, what's our rolling 12-month retention, that snapshot, as simple as those four numbers are, is often, it, they often elude 
the agency principal. And so I remember going back to the original story. I remember like asking you a question. You you'd said something about you know, gosh, yeah, it was like oh, we 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 grew thirty three percent last year or something like that. And I may have asked you a question, and you said, oh, hang on just a second, let me pull out. You pulled out the spreadsheet, right? This is the unusual spreadsheet. What uh, specifically, yeah. well, like what, what are those numbers that you're tracking, like that, that really, that you know, drive organic growth in the agency? Yeah, it's not rocket science, as, as you kind of alluded to. It's, it just isn't rocket science. It's basic, it's basic metrics that you need to track. So how many leads come in the system? How many, what, what is your close ratio on those leads? So, so let's focus on that for just a second. If you are bringing in leads and your close ratio is 30%, well, maybe those leads you're bringing in are not quality leads. So you need to go back and look at what kind of leads you're bringing into your system and how are you qualifying that, that lead? Hold on one second here. Yeah, okay. Something buzzed on my dashboard here. Yeah, yeah. So how are you qualifying those? Um, if you don't have at least, at least a 50% close ratio, you're, you're, you're spinning your wheels. You're, you're a quoter out there. You're just quoting business and you're not closing it. So you've got to really go back to look at what kind of leads am I bringing in and where am I bringing them in from? And you need to get minimum of a 50% close ratio and probably more like a you know 70 to 80% close ratio. So once, once you it. do that, then you go, then you get your average premium per household, which brings you to revenue per household. And it really doesn't get much more complicated than that. And then when you get to retention, that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. Retention is so I could ask any agency principal what their retention is and they'll say, oh, I got a 90% retention. And then I'll ask them, well, how do you know that? Where did you get that number from? <laughs> and that's, that's where they have trouble talking to me about where they get that number from. So okay, yeah, I, oh, just, I, uh, I got a, a Safeco report last quarter or something. And, you know, right. I think it's at 90. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. You need to dig into retention and really understand and, and get behind what you're doing as far as retention. And I could go into a whole thing about retention because that's really the meat of, meat of what we do, right? I mean, you get, you've got to have retention. I, well, people are often surprised, right? So typically, uh, I will often uh, have a conversation with a smaller agency that's not growing very quickly, but has a high retention. And it's often because they actually know them, right? Their customers know them. You know, it's like they're, the, the agency owner is more like, a, like a, the, the principal is a producer. And so they've developed relationships, but you know, you've got, I don't know how many thousands of customers, but your retention is uh, above industry average and, and people are often shocked by that, but that represents a strategic intention on your part to invest in customer relationships. Yeah. So just a couple of things on that, Michael. So one of the things that really turned the corner for us was instead of playing defense on on customer service, we play offense, and that has made the hugest difference in the retention piece of the puzzle. So it's 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 not somebody calling up the agency saying, "Darn it, my premium went up again," or you know, my coverages are you know whatever they're they're pissed off about. Mm-hmm. We reach out to them at their renewal and say, "Hey, it's time for your renewal. Let's talk about you know if you're having gaps or overlaps in your coverage," and and we talk about the the beautiful things, price protection and service, right? We talk about those. That's, core, that's the core of our agency. So anyway, that, that's, yeah. 
that that's where we get back to retention. Okay. So, well, let's, let's go ahead and break it down. But I, you, you, you said something, you actually beat me to the punch on something that oh, I was going to right. bring up. Punched me first. I, I was having a conversation earlier this morning with a smaller, almost scratch, you know, like a, another conversion, uh, captive to independent, right? So the, his independent book's relatively small. And uh, one of the points that I made to him was that you might have to hustle for a while. You know, you're a level one agency in my five level model. You might have to hustle for a bit, but I asked him to you know, like keep in mind literally every single client that I've worked with that has 10 X, you know, that's grown 10 times the size they were. And, and it really has grown to sort of significant prominence in their, at least in their state, if not their region or multi-states has made a decision somewhere relatively early in their insurapreneurial career, not to write insurance again. Right. So that yeah. Yeah. they made that decision to go from being a from an insurance agent to being an insurapreneur. It's a little painful at first. If you stick to what you know works and just keep doing that one thing, it's going to happen for you. And so th this is where the people comes in. Right. You've got to mm -hmm. hire good people. You've got to mentor them. You've got to train them. You've got to hold them accountable. That's huge. You must hold people accountable. And it's going to be painful at first, but once you start building your team, you know, you're going to have to, uh, not only is it painful in, in developing other people, but it's also painful financially for a lot of people to do that. Yeah. You, you have There's, to though, you know, you pay, pay the dues to get there. But, but, but the, re the return on the investment for you, it's like uh, hundred, yeah. hundreds to one, right? Cause you go through a little period yeah. of transition, but once you install the model, the system mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, generates mm -hmm. generates leads, converts leads, optimizes leads, and retains you know customers, then the, the return is almost infinite. You wouldn't be talking about the Acor system, would you? Oh gosh, now 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 you you've said a number of things that are almost like code words. You know, you say them and we both chuckle. Let, let's let's let so 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 I'm actually want to go back to something you said. Okay, you said price protection service, and I I kind of chuckled. Uh, to me, that is that's code between you and I because I know that you've invested really deeply into the training of what people would call customer service reps of various forms, right? So in other Correct. words, they they don't just sort of get hired and, you know, put set down in the cubicle and, and they're they're not told to quote unquote do insurance. You really right. have a sort of a different uh perspective on them. Sh share share your insights on the 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 optimal role of customers of a customer service rep in an independent insurance agency. Yeah. So First of all, insurance agencies are sales organizations. And I learned that early on by coming to the mastermind group that you, you host. And once you learn that, you know, everybody in your organization sells, and it doesn't matter whether it's a customer service agent or a sales agent, everybody sells. And one of the first things that you talk to when you're talking to a customer is you need to understand, they need to understand what is the most important thing to them? Is it price protection or service? So we have scripts that we teach everybody to this very thing. So if 
most of the time people are going to come back. Well, price is the most important thing to me. And we have a script for that. That's wonderful. We're expecting that. And it's, oh, okay. And when we talk to them about price and how we're going to shop their policy around to all these carriers and we name the carriers and we let them know that we're going to find them the most competitive rate out of all these carriers. And then then the script goes, well, just so I understand that protection is not important to you. And most people, nine out of 10 will say, no, 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 no. Protection is very important. Now you have another conversation with scripts that you can really dig into about protection and how we're going to, we're different than the other guy. We're going Mm -hmm. to protect you. So that's kind of the way it goes. And then we do talk about the service, how we're going to enroll them in our ongoing account review system. And I I think I learned that from this guy, Michael Jans. I don't know, but, but but it works. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So, so I think one of the principles that you sort of live and die by there is every call is a money call. And by the way, we track our um, customer service reps. We track their close ratio too. Got it. Yeah, okay. So um, how many opportunities they have on a weekly, uh-huh. monthly basis and how many they close? That reminds me of, of an, another code word that we've developed over the time. But model the whiteboard in your... So, we, so at some point, this is some years ago, uh, the mastermind group met at the uh, at your office at Colorado mm-hmm, Insurance mm-hmm. and outside mm-hmm. of Denver. And right. I remember people walking in and there was the customer service room. And it, I know it's not on boards anymore, but the, everybody walked in and in everybody's cubicle, all of the CSR's cubicle was a whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, there were five things that they were each tracking. And I don't remember what they all were, but they were like cross sells, endorsements, uh, generating referrals, a life insurance policy, and something else. And you may have changed those yeah, over we have time. Over the years. Yeah, everybody would huddle <laughs> up at the whiteboard at the end of the month, and each customer service rep would add their numbers to the big number on the... It was a team-building event every, every year, uh, every month, excuse me, every month we would do it. That yeah, was good. Okay, so what, while we're on it, you've got a, a little bit of a unique structure to your customer service rep model in that you've got sort of a standard CSRs who take inbound calls from existing customers, right? And then you've also got a, a, a smaller but very active group of CSRs who I think they use the agency rev uh, fuse technology. Correct. They're reaching reaching out to your customers as they that's, approach that's the their offense. Ex- that's the that's offense. The, the offense. Yep. Right. That's the offense. So you're, reach, you're reaching out to them with a uh, an email marketing campaign, encouraging them to schedule an appointment with a customer service rep. They do it online, schedule the appointment, and those are account reviews, at which Correct. point now they look for uh, gaps and they look for additional policies that can be sold. And obviously, you know, they uh, look for the renewal on the policy. That's exactly right. So this is the offense that we play. <laughs> Once the Email goes out and the customer signs up for a client review, the annual review. And each customer, we have eight senior customer service reps, um, and each one is responsible to do five reviews a day. And, and what it does is it gives them time to, during their day, they have extra time because it doesn't take eight hours for them to do five reviews, the next day's mm-hmm. events. So they get to look at the client's policies, what they have in what they don't have and what they're going to, how they're going to talk to the person as far as 
upselling and cross-selling the policies and getting customer referrals, they could look at that and they say, okay, here's my plan on talking to this client. They go through each one the day before they actually are going to do the review. So that way they're prepared and they're, they're not stumbling over things. They know what they're doing. They know what their goals are. I mean, it's just a nice, smooth process. We have checklists when we're talking to the client to make sure we talk, hit all the points that we want to talk about. Right. So it, it's a very nice offensive approach. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my next question is when a prospective customer calls Colorado Insurance, who receives that call? So they're not an existing customer, you know, asking for a policy change. They're a lead. Yeah, we, we uh, if it's a referral from a current client, we try and track down that agent and that goes to that agent. And that's generally what happens. Occasionally, we'll get people call up and they just found us wherever they found us. And then mm -hmm. we'll just we'll, we'll just give that to one of our agents, or one of our um, employee agents. We'll just Got send it. that over to them. Yeah. Yeah. OK. OK. All right. Um, so now let's go back to uh, Acor. You said Acor. So, well, yeah. Tell, tell, tell us what what does Acor mean to you? Well, you know, it's the foundation of what we do. Way back when, you I, I assume you coined the insurance factory term, and I kind of latched <laughs> onto that, saying, you know, that's exactly what I want to build—an insurance factory. So it's a conveyor belt. So you've got to attract the customer and you want to attract the right customer, the right kind of customer that goes back to the close ratio, but you want to attract the right customer. So you've got to develop a system where you're going to attract. Um, and then of course, converting, whether you have your salespeople do it or your customer. And, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of separating service and sales. So that's just what has worked for me, mm -hmm. but you've got to uh, convert, which is the, uh, the C in the you know, convert. And you've got to have a process for converting. So you've got to talk to them about what is the most important thing to them. Is it price protection or service? So you've really got to dig into it with the client and talk to them. Optimize. It does nobody any good. It doesn't do the client any good, the carrier or the agency any good to just sell a home policy, standalone home policy or standalone auto. You've got to package it. You've got to do you know, auto, home, umbrella, and all the toys. You got to do it all at once, you know, and, and then retain. So then you get to the offensive approach and all that. So there's, there's systems in each one of the ACOR process that makes up the agency. And it's just that important. To, you, you can't miss one of them. You've got, you got to hit on all cylinders there, make this work. Right. On. Okay. So the, the, the critical point you just said that stands out to me is not only do you need to like understand ACOR, you need systems. They're closely intertwined, but they really are because each one affects the next one, but they are different processes that then help you generate maximum customer acquisition and mm -hmm. maximum customer lifetime value. You can't leave out any of them and you have to have a process for each one of them. It's, it's just that important. You've got to sit down and think about each one, and then you've got to you've got to implement it. And, and you might have to tweak here and there, but you, you, it's going to hurt. Okay, so I know your policy per customer count is above industry average. Yeah, and 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 I think it's because you know I'm give me feedback on this one. You, you're checking all the right buttons. So number one, customer selection. 
question is where it starts. Okay, so you're you're going to the mass affluent who is more inclined to have multiple needs and therefore ultimately multiple policies. So you got the right customer. A number two, you you actually start with the most persistent personal lines product, which is property home. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. ho home is like we're starting there. Right. And of That's, course, yep. starting starting with homeowners generally means, you know, they have auto and, you know, that they, they probably need umbrella, et cetera, et cetera. OK, so Correct. you've got, you know, yep. so That's, so customer selection. And then yep. number two is you at the at the point of sale, your agent is doing everything they can to get multiple policies at the beginning. And then you, you, during you, the you year, set the expectation at the beginning with the customer. You set the right. expectation. Yeah, and then we're not you're here to sell your home. Yeah. yeah. We're here to take we're here to protect you. And then you're cross-selling them throughout the year. And every money every call is a money call. And then as they approach their renewal, boom, they get an account review campaign and process. And that's another opportunity. So throughout throughout the year and throughout the lifetime, they're constantly being urged or nudged, uh, moved from X number of policies to X plus number of policies. That, that's correct. We just, I mean, there's just no reason for a client to not have everything with us. There's just, I mean, we're the best at what we do. Why not? <laughs> yeah. That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, so Mike, this this model. Right, let, let's let's go back to the attract part. Okay, it's 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 the sexy part of marketing is you know lead generation, customer acquisition, yeah. and it's also sometimes the most challenging part of marketing. Generally, I mean, I'll typically say that investing your in your existing book of business is is low risk, high return. Mm -hmm. But we all know that you know reaching out to the marketplace. It can be high return, but it's also, you know, it's challenging. It's the greatest amount of thought you have, you know, so, you know, with, with my client base, I present three different growth models, marketing right. driven, sales driven, or producer driven and blended. You really have sort of the best of the whole Goshki schmear, which is you're yeah. really a producer driven personal lines agency, but you really support your customers with and and your growth model with marketing right yes. so mm -hmm. it is, but on the front end you've got producers who are responsible for generating their own leads and you treat them really not like i don't know how else to put this you really treat them like an insurerpreneur you you really treat them you're looking for people who have an entrepreneurial drive a, they can function with a fair amount of independence, and then they really are responsible for the growth of their book of business. What does your front end look like? How do you get you know thirty percent growth year after year? It's pretty tough. So yeah, um, you know we talk about client selection. So the other side of the coin is selecting entrepreneurs that want to build books of business that are going to thrive under our model. I have uh, three. I have two territory managers and one director of sales. And they all the same for sales managers, the territory managers, but their whole job is to go out and find these people 
that want to be entrepreneurs, insurepreneurs, that have some experience in the business, in the industry, but have yet to be successful. They haven't reached their stride. We come in and mentor them and teach them, show them our model and show them how they could be very successful in our model. And it's a two-year process, by the way, to bring them in two, two years and three months, because three months they're on probation. And then once we hire them as a, a W-2 agent, that's when we teach them. And, and it's it's really about holding that person accountable for the, the things that they need to be doing to be successful. Um, so it takes about two years, and then they move into our independent channel. And yes, they're after that first two what, years. What What do you think they need to do in order to be successful? And because I know you've got you've got producers who are you know really making a very handsome <laughs> annual income. Yeah, they're making. I've got a couple of people that are making some substantial money. You know, if, if they follow the system, if they just put their heads down and they work the system, it, it, it does work because I've got, you know, I've got a lot of people, a lot of agents that are making substantial six-figure incomes and mm-hmm. they just follow the model. They, that's all they do, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it just works. Some days I look at, you know, what we've built and it, it just amazes me. It really does. So it's you know how, pretty amazing. How many, uh, roughly, how many producers are knocking on the doors of the industry and 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 generating leads from mortgage brokers and real estate agents and everybody else that they can think of? Well, you know, over the past three four years, what we've done is we only have agents right now on our team that that produce and that work in the business. So mm-hmm. we used to have 110 plus agents. We're down to about <clears throat> 75 top producers now. Right but they're on. top producers, you know? <laughs> yeah. before, before we had 110 agents and they all weren't top producers. Now we're down to just top producers. So yeah. Right on. Okay. I I have one last question for you, Mike, and then we can yeah. open it up, you know, if, if people have some follow-up questions. Yeah, inter- in- interestingly, while I was talking to you here, I got a text from Keith Savino. So, you know, Keith from 20 years or so in the mastermind group, I suppose. I so do. I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. The relationships like, you know, Mike, you're, you're a, a great entrepreneur, terrific agent. You grew a great business and yet, uh, you know, still you made a priority out of ongoing participation in the, you know, the, the mastermind group that you're a part of. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Tell what what does that mean to you? Well, you know, Michael, I've made no bones about it, about the mastermind group that has uh, literally changed, changed the way I do business, changed my life. And a lot of it is because the, obviously you're up there moderating it and you're planting the seeds in, in, in the conversations. And, and from there, it, it's the interaction and the connection that you get from the other members of the group and the conversations before, after, and during the group session. So it's, it, it's literally changed the way I think and the things I do and, and the relationships that I've built over the last 20 plus years. It's, it's just been incredible. You know, when you're sharing ideas with people and people say, well, this did not work for me, um, but here's what did, like, for instance, the offensive approach. I got that from the mm-hmm. Savinos. Yeah, that they, they talked to me about that 15 years ago, and we started using it right away. Right I, I saw the strategy, and I implemented it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been wonderful, the Mastermind Group. Never, never once have I left a meeting and not had one little nugget that I walked away with. Not once. Yeah. So it's, it's that, that important. Right on. Well, thank you for that. So I'm, I'm going to 
I, I will, I'm going to leave you with one last question, but I'm going to tell, uh, you know, members of our listening audience, if you've got questions, you can raise your digital hand or you can let us know in chat and we'll see it there. And let's see what we can do to help you out while people are maybe, you know, thinking about a possible question they may have. Mike, if you were going to, I mean, you know, look, you and I are a little grayer than we were <clears throat> back when I was the bad boy of the insurance industry. I don't call, I, don't, I haven't called myself that for, I don't know, a good 15, 20 years, but it's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're a little bit grayer. Yeah, th those were those were those were fun rock and roll days. And, you know, like yeah, I, I'm at a point in my career where, you know, I probably don't really need to do this, but I, I find some deep satisfaction in it and really trying to leave a legacy. I mean, I've obviously, you know, taught me a lot. And so I want to find ways to package what I know and leave that as a legacy for the industry because Michael Jance is not going to do this forever. And I assume that, you know, you're, you, you have an opportunity too to like look back at the, at the growth, the success, uh, the rewards that this has given to you and members of your family. If Mike, if you were going to sort of, you know, look back and like say, Hey, I want to, I want to leave you know, a thought, a lesson, a message to the ambitious and surepreneur of today, you know, maybe to the young Mike Matheson, or maybe the not so young Mike Matheson, who wants to get to the next level. What is it that you think you'd want to say? Yeah, that's a pretty profound question. You know, I think about things like that. So what I can say is that I didn't get to where I am by myself. I have people around me that are, are very smart and are have been very successful within the agency. So, you know, I could sit back and look and say, you know, hey, we've got 70 top producers in our agency right now. And that that's really rewarding. And some of those 70s are making substantial incomes. And, and then I've got 50 employees on top of that. Uh, so, you know, we've got a pretty good size organization. And, and some of the employees have been with me for a really, really long time. And they've done very well for themselves within our organization. So I, I look back and I say, you know, hey, if you could take care of other people and help them get what they want, I think you're going to get taken care of. So that'd be kind of what I'd say. Right on. Okay. Thank you very much. Mike, we got a handful of questions coming in. Sure. So, I got and... a little time. Let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, the uh, there are fish calling. out there. They're calling. <laughs> All right. So here's one from fellow mastermind member, Matt Livings. His first question is, what are your CSR whiteboard items today? Yeah. So they really haven't changed much. Um, we've got uh, retention, obviously, is the big <laughs> one. Hold on. I've got a ranger here pulling over. He's going to ask me if I'm okay. Hold on. One <laughs> Better than a grizzly um, bear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Opportunities. How many opportunities we have. Um, Yelp. Google reviews. We, we do life insurance. We used to do it because it used to win trips for us. But now we just do it because we've been doing it. And it, you know, I don't know, that's the kind of we do it. But those are the those are the things that we have on the whiteboard now. And it's all on the computer screen. Got it. Okay. And while we have Matt Living's, I'm going to, uh, oh, he's got another question. Uh, it is, Mike, do you or have you lately purchased a book of business or are you totally focused on organic growth? No, we're 100% organic growth. I will say, as most of you may or may not know, I don't know. Um, I sold the agency four years ago to PCF Insurance Services. One of the best business decisions I've ever made. 
um, for many reasons that I won't get into right now, but you can email me or call me if you want to know why. Um, but uh, no, we're just focused on organic growth. Um, and, you know, PCF allows us to grow organically uh, as fast as we can do it if we want to. It's really up to the partner what they want to do. Um, if I do want to acquire another agency, which I really haven't done, um, PCF is there with the cash to do it. Got and it. it would benefit me if they did end up pursuing, if they end up uh, executing the sale, I would, I would benefit from it. Okay. Next question is from Bob Sullivan. It's a two-part question. Is there a typical age and background demographic for your new hire producers? And then the second question, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know how you're going to answer this one. Would you modify your hiring target for a commercial PNC focused agency? So first one is age and background demographic for the new producers. I'll answer the second one first. The answer to that is absolutely not. We would not modify it to do any commercial. If if that commercial agent wants to go personal lines, I would say, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, okay. You're, you're not <laughs> hiring commercial, right? That's a pet peeve yeah. of mine. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. What was the first question again? It's, uh, yeah, like oh, what, what's, what's the, the typical age and background demographic for new, new hire producers? Yeah, we hire a lot of captive agents that have uh, two or three years experience. Um, that seems to be... And I don't do I don't do any of it. My my director of sales does all that with his territory managers. Um, they're they're the ones building that side of the team. Um, but yeah, we 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 seem to hire a lot of uh, uh, captive agents that have been in the business two or three years and stumbled around. We know we can help those type of people if they're committed to the industry. Got it. Okay. Next question. And I'm not sure how you can answer this one, but, you know, do what you will with it. What's the standard salary range for CSRs? That's the first question. The second one is, it's from the same Kim, uh, Kimmy. Do they cross-sell and I think it's probably, do they get cross-sell and retention bonuses? And how are W2 producers paid? And how do the independent producers split the commission? So, boom, CSR salary range. Yeah, we're anywhere between, it depends upon the um, experience of the CSR. We're anywhere between 45 and 70 for the CSR. We, we don't do any, any bonuses or anything like that. We, we try and pay people, you know, I mean, the position is what the position is. You know, if they, if, uh, they want to transition to sales and make more money, they can do that. But yeah, that, that's pretty much our our salary range, which is, you know, we, we try and pay above average, but uh, we, we hire in all, all 50 states now. So that's kind of nice. You know, COVID has changed this whole makeup of our agency. Uh-huh, so, right. Um, yeah. And then the, uh, the splits for the agents. Yeah. We're on a uh, 80, 45 split for the independent agents, the, the, the 1099 agents, 80, 45 split. Of course, we take care of all the service work. And what was the other question? Producer, the W-2 producers, yeah, during that transitional period. Yeah, they're made, what do we pay them? I'm going to take a stab at that. I'm not positive. I'm, I think it's like 40 grand a year we, they, we start them out at. Got it. Okay. Next question um, from Stephen West. As we know, today's workforce has changed. Your thoughts on working remote? And what are your thoughts on working remote? And how often do you review employees? And do you have a high turnover rate? We used to have a very high turnover rate. We don't anymore. Thank goodness. You know, with again, got this huge office with only five or six people in it. Uh, yeah. You don't have a high turnover rate. 
Um, no, not anymore. Not in the last two years. We really don't. We, we, we really yeah, don't. And, and yeah. So, but, but yeah, the first part, you know, cause the first question was your thoughts on working remote. Yeah. You, you've got people remote all over the country. Yeah. It's actually, at first I really fought it, but then after I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know, let's give this a shot. We'll give a stab at it. it it's been pretty darn good because um, our, our talent pool is much larger. Our, our, we can pick yeah, right. better qualified people all over the country. It's really nice. Got it. Okay. Well, then the last question looks like it may have been answered already. It was, what's the N in ACORN? And, and Al Papillardo, thank you, Al, who's also a member of the Mastermind group. Yes. He piped in and said, it's a track, convert, optimize, and retain, no N. But gosh, that'd be fun <laughs> to have an N. You're like, you know, an ACORN. It'd be like, never sell a policy yourself or something like that. <laughs> I like that. It's, yeah, it's, something like it's, that. It's, it's, it's ACOR. Okay. A-C-O-R. We yeah, we can give that one some thought. That's pretty good. New new client referrals. There we go. Thank you, Liz. She just piped yeah, in. Yeah, with that okay. One. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All righty. So for those of you who are, we got it. Got one, one more or next deal. <laughs> there we go. Liz said, end can be for the next deal. <laughs> right. The so, next deal. Around the corner. Brittany put a, uh, in chat, she put a couple of links. One is for my new book. And one is if, uh, if, if, you think it would be of value to gain some guidance, some mentorship, some coaching, uh, the support of a mastermind group. Uh, if you're curious how uh, we go from wherever an agency is to the next level, and you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one new revenue conference with me, there is a link where you can schedule that. And my calendar will be available to that. Uh, Mike, as always, Congratulations on your success and your, and your commitment to just really running a first-class organization that, you know, one of, one of the things that impresses me is that your customers agree because they stay. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights and uh, look forward to seeing you at our next mastermind group. Perfect. Michael, thanks for having me on. Everybody, if uh, anybody has any additional questions, uh, you can just email me. Feel free to email me. Boom. I think we got all the questions that came in on chat. I'm going to do one last look to see if anybody raised a digital hand and I don't see any. All right. So all right. again, thank you everybody so much for spending time with us. I hope you got it. Take care, Michael.